Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the Back Channel Podcast. Once again, we are here to continue our NFL preview series. We now start with the NFC North. And as usual, I have my right-hand man, my ace, the most famous co-host in history, (laughs) the most Hollywood co-host in history, G-Mac. What's happening? All right. We have two special guests. Once again, pulling from the greatest online resource, the greatest online sports group on Facebook, Sports Perspective, we have Ray, I hate Coach K. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, fellas? You never lied, though. What's up? (laughs) And we have Michigan's finest, Terrell Hurd. What's going on, everybody? Represent the 313 via the 202. Roger that, roger that. So, um, hey, welcome, fellas. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right, Ray. You've been on here before, so you know how it goes. And um, just uh, we'll have a, uh, you know, a little prelim. We'll just say, hey, what's been going on with you, fellas? Oh, not man, just chilling. You know, my uh, uh, and the last time I was on, we talked about baseball and all the stuff that's gonna happen with that. Our Red Sox are looking terrible, just just terrible. And I don't even we won't discuss college football because I don't think that's happening. But apparently, the, the Tar Heels are playing, but we'll see. So we'll see. Hurt? Doubt it, but we'll see. Hurt. Uh, not a whole lot going on this end. Uh, always on the sports perspective because I know I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get the news first there before I get it on Yahoo or ESPN.com because uh, with that heady group. But uh, other than that, just uh, living the pandemic life. Got the little one. Got the got the big dog, and uh, I'm ready to eat like the big dogs. All right. Hey, hey, congrats though. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into this, man. Uh, we're going to go ahead. First up, G, you going to go ahead and hit us up with the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, the Monsters of Midway. Uh, we're going to start with the elephant in the room. That is Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, as we all know, they jumped real high to get him. Took him instead of Watson and Mahomes which he's never going to live that down. He's going to forever be Sam Bowie at this point. (laughs) Um, That's fair. So the first key addition, of course, would be former Jags quarterback Nick Foles. I think we should have kept him, but they did take his salary off of our hands. So I'm appreciative of that. Uh, I see him battling Mitch for the starting job. I see him actually getting the starting job. They may let Mitch start just because... You know, he's the first round pick, but it won't be long before Foles gets in there. Uh, they're bringing back <clears throat> Montgomery and uh, I think his name's Tyler Cohen. 
pretty decent one-two punch at running back. Allen Robinson had a Pro Bowl year last year, so he's coming back as well with Anthony Miller. They've also added former Kane, slightly washed up Jimmy Graham. Uh, I don't know who their tight end was last year, so he's probably an upgrade, but I don't know how much of one. So they've got decent pieces. If uh, Foles just doesn't turn the ball over and keeps the offense on the field some, I think they'll be in good shape. Their defense is stout, as you know. Uh, they did lose HaHa Clinton Dix and also Prince of Mukamara. They brought in Artie Burns from Pittsburgh. I'm not a huge Artie Burns fan. I wasn't really impressed with him, but it looks like he's going to be starting along with the Tolliver kid from LSU. One of those two will uh, be battling to play next to Kyle Fuller. Um, Eddie Jackson in the secondary. They've got Khalil Mack. Rohan, Roquan Smith, Trevathan coming back also. They added uh, Robert Quinn to go up front with Keem Hicks. Defense is still super solid. Defense is going to keep them in the game. It all comes down to the offense, which, uh, what's the, uh, <clears throat> I can't think of his name. The coach, the offensive mind, the guy that running the head coach. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But Nagy, Matt Nagy, Nagy. Yeah, like we're we're still waiting to see that offense, that offensive brain he supposedly has. Now, Mitch could possibly be the reason why they haven't progressed. Uh, we'll see what Foles does when he steps in there. Uh, let's see. They finished eight and eight last year. I kind of see them doing about the same. If Foles is decent, can get the offense moving, they could win 10 games easy, I believe. Defense is going to keep them in every game. So I see them competing for second place in the uh, NFC North, finishing 9-7 and seven is where I've got them. Hmm. You, know, you know, it's really interesting. Um Here's one thing I always think about Chicago, and this is really weird. Doesn't matter who the coach is, does, doesn't matter what the supposed philosophy is. Doesn't it always seem to look like they're running the same offense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Since Jake does it, like seriously, it's nineteen fifty-five. It's just crazy. And on top of that, it looks like they never. They never cut the grass short enough. It's, it always looks like they're playing in like some high grass. Like it's just, it's just a weird looking. <laughs> I just sit there watching the the Bears, and I'm just like, it looks like the same person is running this offense in the, and like they still haven't found groundskeeper. Yep. <laughs> I don't. Know. But uh, yeah. So. Man, Chicago's just is re- really weird, and it's just a weird setup because I always I'm always tripping on Ty Montgomery simply because he was a wide receiver that they had to convert into a running back, you know, for yeah. Green Bay, and now he's just a running back now. It's not him. Oh, that it's uh, David Montgomery. David Montgomery. Okay, my bad, my bad. I was thinking it was Ty. I was like, now Ty is just a running back. My bad. So, um, I don't know. Uh, second place, yeah. Uh, I mean, no worse than third. I don't know about all that now. <laughs> well, 
like I said, the defense is going to keep them in every game. True. If the offense is halfway decent, if the offense can put up 20 points a game, they potentially are going to be right in every single game if they can do that. That's a big if, and that's, the, that's the biggest if right there. Like, yeah. I feel like that's the same thing with the Lions. There, I'll, I'll get into it when I when I have my little spiel here. But uh, like, if their defense can slow down people to like 20 to 23 points, and they can get it be healthy, they can do this. It's, it's like the a flip flop with the uh, the Bears. Yeah, I agree. With me, like Chicago, never they just like they just show up. They never jump off the screen to me. There's nothing on there that's exciting. Like like with the Lions. You know, you got Matthew Stafford and and you know with Green Bay and and there, there's exciting things going on in those in those teams. Chicago is just like they show up and somehow they score 22 points. I don't I don't get how you know it's just one of those things. It's like no one no one ever leads the league in rushing or receiving. They just kind of show up and that's that. I don't know. I don't know if that's I'm off on that, but that's how it feels to me with Chicago. No, I see that too. Yeah, Definitely. especially with you know, and you gotta wonder, you know, the offensive mind of you know Matt Nagy. So they said, I, I honestly haven't seen it. I don't know if it's the talent thing, or if it's just his his system doesn't translate well to the players he's got. But I don't know. I don't see it. But well, I'll tell you another thing that's really interesting about Chicago, or that division in itself. Like throughout time since since eighty five, since like since eighty five. Everybody in that division has had a period where they their offense was a juggernaut. Everyone in that division has had that, except <laughs> except Chicago. <laughs> Every, like you can go back to Minnesota with the Randy Moss, and you know they went through they went through they went through Jeff George, Randall Cunningham, and Dante Culpepper having an absolute juggernaut of an offense. Um, uh, you could have uh, you could talk about Green Bay. You could talk about the five years with Freeman and uh, Driver, or you could talk about um, uh, uh, Rogers with hell anybody. Like you know, and they they've always done that, right? The Lions now, or or Calvin, you know, Calvin Johnson or whatever. They they've all done that. Chicago has never had that. Yeah. That's true. That's just that's just so weird. But that's why I'm saying it's Groundhog's Day with that with that. Uh, right. I mean, even when the year they made the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was on defense. And, De- and Devin Hester. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about Devin Hester. Yeah. It, it's, anyway, it's funny. So, uh, so you say you got uh, you got Chicago what nine and seven competing for second place okay all right cool so next up michigan's finest <laughs> Pharrell heard uh me on here for my uh my perspective on the uh detroit lions last year super disappointing 312 and one but um we lost our best player halfway through the season and that was a huge, huge blow to a team that was on the cusp of doing some, some solid things. I'm not going to say great things, but solid things. And uh, hopefully this year, that, that's going to be the, the biggest uh, uh, key addition 
off the top. If we can get him, if we can get him, uh, keep him upright, we're gonna be okay. Uh, other key additions we got, um, we got Desmond Trufant, got him from the Falcons. He's basically gonna be replacing uh, Darius Slay, who we traded to the Eagles. I was kind of upset about that one, but I understand. You know, these are business decisions that go on with these things. And we got a couple of draft picks, so I'm not totally upset with that. And then also the, uh, you know, in the draft, we went ahead and picked up uh, Jeff Okuda from Ohio. Solid. Which I think, you know, I, I hate the school, but you know what though? If he can come in and he can be a defensive back one for us, I'm all for it. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of teams either defensively teams either build from the front back or from the back front or from the back forward. We like we're trying to build from the back forward, where our pass rush doesn't have to be necessarily devastating, but we'll have good enough uh, guys in the defensive backfield that's going to make our defensive front look considerably better. Because we lost a couple of defensive, we lost a defensive end, and we lost a uh, a rush linebacker, our two top uh, sack masters from last year. They're both gone. So um, we definitely need to help, need some help on one side or, or the other for uh, the uh, not one side, but uh, either from the, uh, the defensive backfield or from the uh, defensive line position. Then uh, we also, but we did pick up Jamie Collins, who was Super Bowl champion with the uh, Patriots. I think that's part of that that Matt, that Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, uh, wink wink nod nod there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He had some solid seasons. Uh, he, had a, he had a kind of a down year with the uh, Cleveland Browns, but I think going to a coach who was the defensive coach for him back in the day, that's going to up his spirits. That's going to put him. In, he's going to put him in positions to to really uh, accentuate um, his skills, his skill set. Uh, key losses, like I said, was Darius Slay. Then we also lost a couple old linemen. Uh, we, we lost the right side of our old line, but we, we drafted a couple of guys as well. We got, you know, we, we lost uh, uh, Graham Glasgow, and I can't remember another guy. We lost another one as well, the the tackle. But we made a couple of drafts. We got from Kentucky, big guy, and then we also picked up another guy as well. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But if the right side of our offensive line, if it can develop, it's going to be vital to our success. Um, true. Oh yeah, then also I forgot like when when they're going back to uh going back to Stafford, I, I think our offense going back to what we was talking about a minute ago, our offense should be it's it's pretty stacked. We got Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and if he's healthy, Dan Danny Armandello, like I feel like our wide receiving core is gonna be pretty rock solid there with those three gentlemen. And then we added uh the running back from Georgia, um, Swift. Yes, I like him. Yeah, I, too. I like yeah, me him too. a lot. I don't. I don't think he's an every down, you know, 25, 30 carry a game guy. But I feel like he can get you like 15, 17 carries a game, and he's deceptive. And he can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield. We don't have a really good tight end right now, but I feel like a running back out of the backfield serves that same purpose, that safety valve that um, that Stafford can can rely on. And then you know him, him uh, going between him and uh, Carry On Johnson. I think we should we should have a pretty good running game. It should be decent. I know Carry On rushed for about four hundred yards, four or five hundred yards, and he only played half the season as well, 
which goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's all about health. If he stays healthy, Stafford stays healthy, and the rest of the offenses, I, I think it's going to be humming pretty good. Uh, it's going to be all about that defensive backfield. That be, that defensive backfield shapes up like it should. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Um, I was kind of snarking at uh, at uh, Gary about that that uh, second place. I, I I truly believe the same thing about the Lions. I think they'll be vying for second or third because I'm kind of shook on Minnesota. I still believe Green Bay is probably the class of the of the uh, the, the division. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be like on a revenge tour with all this stuff going on with the draft. I can see him coming out easily throwing for you know. 35 to 40 touchdown passes and throwing on like three or four picks. And they, they, had a, they had a really good running game. So I feel like we'll be battling for Minnesota. And I think Minnesota's they, they have some uh, some little problems with the uh, the running back because they haven't signed him yet. So that's what's going on with that. And I'm not a big I'm not a big believer in their quarterback. So I'm thinking we can go at a minimum. I feel like we can go eight and eight, which is a big jump from three wins last year, but. I think if everything breaks right, ten and six, ten and six is uh, is very viable in a in a wild card spot. <clears throat> okay, you go ahead, G. Ten six, ten six. Yeah, that. Uh... I completely forgot about Swift and they got Swift and Okuda. But yeah, the, and the injuries definitely killed them last year with Stafford being out. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what's gonna, who's going to show up. I think it'll all be close. I don't think anybody's going to be way at the bottom. I don't expect anybody. I don't expect Detroit to have three wins again. Um, I kind of see eight and eight battling for a second as well. I'm cool with that. The thing that frustrates you so much about Detroit, though, man, is... They just, they never stick to the running game. I know. Do you remember a couple a couple years ago, Monday Night Football, they played the Patriots, right? Mm. And they ran on Johnson till the man needed oxygen on the sidelines, and they beat the Patriots, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, I don't know, for some reason, I don't know why, they just never stick to running. And they got Swift now, and they got on Johnson. So there ain't no reason why they can't. They can't keep a healthy running back on the field and take some of that pressure off of Matt Stafford. The man, the, the man may as well pitch like a complete game, like he's a pitcher. They got the man throwing yeah. so many, throwing so many passes. It's like you got a talented dude in Swift. Carryon Johnson is also talented. I mean, I know he wasn't really healthy last year, but man, if they can stick to the run game, I feel like, and, and a lot of it might be that they just they're playing from behind, but. I don't know, man. That they they, they got to give Matt Stafford a break. He's getting killed back there. Well, well, see, that's the thing about it. A lot of people are saying they're playing from behind, but like last year, if you look at the front half of the season when uh, when Stafford was in there, they beat like Philly. They took it to KC. They should have beaten KC last year at home, and they let Green Bay off the hook. And even on the back half of the season without uh, Stafford, they were within like a score of six out of their eight games going into the fourth quarter and they had David block blow at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I, I may be overly optimistic on these things, but when I see those games and I see how they lost them, like they, they lost a the game to Denver, they should not have lost. 
they, they tied that game at the beginning of the season with um, uh, Arizona. I don't know how, what I mean. That, the quarterback Kyler Murray can play his butt off. I give him that. But they let them off the hook. So I just saw them let teams off the hook. And I think that goes back to what you were saying a second ago, right? About they let go of the running game too soon. Like they, they feel like, oh, we got a guy who can throw for 5,000 yards. We got to go get him 5,000 yards for the season. And I feel like if they can, like I said, if they can break off those running, you know, those two running backs, both of them getting between 30 to 35 carries between the two of them have a solid running game. I just feel like that will offset some of their defensive deficiencies on the defensive line and on the linebacking positions. And they should still be able to put up, you know, 27 points a game, which I feel like in this league, if you can put up 27 points, you're going to win the vast majority of your games. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule here, man. They 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 were in it with Kansas City. They lost 34 to 30 to Kansas yeah. City in week four. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and Karen Johnson had 125 yards rushing there. So I mean, they can't be they can't be coincidental. You know, so yeah. Well, let me be the since we're having this love fest with <laughs> Bring it on. Let, let me go ahead and be the person who just kind of says, Hold up. Uh by chance, uh Mr. Michigan, do you realize the total yards you guys, your defense gave up last year? I have no idea. I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you, but I can look it up. <laughs> Over, under 5,000. Over. Over, yeah. 6,400. Damn, we. Dang. What? <laughs> <laughs> No, is, that most, is that most for every any team in the NFL? No, no, no. no. I said I'm, I'm saying yards, not points. <laughs> well, I know that. But yeah, yeah, sixty four, yeah, sixty four hundred. They were the most in the NFL easily. Mm-hmm. So, so here, here's a here's a problem I have with Detroit going second here is because I don't think you I don't think you addressed. I don't think you address the issue. You know, I understand some injuries, but those are largely on offense. You had a, a couple on, on defense, but those are largely on offense. But um, you trade away your best cornerback. And the reason why you trade away your best cornerback is because he actually said what everyone knows and what actually you will get a benefit. And this will benefit you, but you won't reap these benefits until next year. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia's trash. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I didn't get into my, my my Matt Patricia rant, but go ahead, go on. You, you're probably gonna hit some of the same points that I was gonna hit. So he's gonna be fired after this year because here's here's why I say this because you could say, well, he's a, you know Stafford got hurt or whatever. Let's let's be honest. They made eight and eight despite their head coach because their head coach is like he's not organized and everybody who's done well in a situation like there there are no there are no mad scientists there are no uh doctors from uh from uh back to the future you know crazy like you know just disheveled and all this other stuff but they're absolute geniuses that's not how this works those people are put together that guy's not put together I mean, when you have players, players now talking about 
Dude's late for his own meeting. Dude don't show for his own meeting. Year one and year two. And then you, you get Trufant, which was straight toast in Atlanta. Like, towards the end. I mean, good, early on, he was good. Yeah. But, I mean, he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't just getting absolutely... He wasn't like Jason Seahorn where they had to move him to, like, safety. But, but he definitely... He's closer to the sunset than than the sunrise. Mm-hmm. So, and then on top of that, I don't like Matt Stafford. He had that back injury, right? Yeah. How is that back? Hey, I'm gonna say that you know, based on what I've been hearing from my connection up there, I got I still got family in the area. They say he's doing good. Now, does that translate to the field? We'll see. We will. Yeah, I'm. We will. I'm scared. I'm scared for that because I just, man, back injuries. I don't care what sport you do, back injuries, man, they take the zap. True. Out of almost everyone, and I, I probably, honestly, the best back injury person. I mean, person who's come back from the back injury and actually played reasonably well, but it's still a big difference is Dwight Howard. Mm. Yeah. And but he's he's we're being honest he's a little bit more than a shell of what he used to be. Mm-hmm. No, but he's old now. You know, no, no, I was gonna say that's a combo of being older, but he also had that that back injury. So I'm I'm not saying. So I'm I'm really interested in all the twisting that it's going to take place. You know, the torque that he's gonna need to yeah. you know pass the uh, football and whatnot. And then lastly. What makes me skeptical about Detroit is, granted, I know it was Jeff Driscoll, but they look really bad when Stafford wasn't there. Yeah. Like, like I watched them and I was like, man, like teams were like giving them opportunities to like stay and they look bad. And I just, I just, my, my biggest thing, all those other things are, I think, aren't in, insurmountable except for the Matt Patricia thing. I just, I don't think he's, a, I think he'll be a better coordinator. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, that's Belichick's baby, man. <laughs> and I just don't, I look at anybody coming from that side of the ball, I really don't really put much faith in it because I just, with exception of Flores, of course. <laughs> um, but um, I just, I just don't think Matt Patricia is uh, a good head coach. And I, yeah. I think that's what's holding you guys back. And, and, and I hear you on that because I, I, I was looking, you know, because I, I knew he came from uh, Belichick. I, I looked at his tree, you know, his coaching tree, his assistants. And, like, really the only ones who've done anything was, like, Eric, Eric Mangini had, like, a little flash in the pan, pan with the Jets. And you got Bill O'Brien, who was doing okay down, in, down, with, down with the Texans. But outside of that, the rest of them, they're all trash. They're all trash. So I was skeptical when we got him to begin with. But, and, and then plus I was skeptical too because we got rid of the other coach. Uh, God. Caldwell. I liked him. He, he led us to the playoffs a couple of, like two out of his four seasons. So I felt like we should have stuck with him to be honest with you because I did not think like Patricia was a significant or even an upgrade from Caldwell. Like if you're going to, if you're going to bring it, you're gonna bring in another coach. You bring in a significant upgrade. So 
I'm 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 eye to eye with you on the whole Patricia thing, and I feel you on the back injury. Like I said, I could be overly optimistic on these things, and I'm hoping, like I said, with the running game, it's gonna it'll help take pressure off on him. Maybe maybe he wants to throw, throw the ball 45 times a game, but and I hear you about your font. I'm I'm always looking at the glass half full. I'm a Detroit hey, I'm a Detroit Lion fan. I gotta look at glass half full because it's been rough for the last 65 years, buddy. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> but yeah, well, going I, way back. I, <laughs> for, the, for the record, I got you guys third. I I mean I I just got you guys third because um no I, oh I take that back I got y'all last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you got us under you got us under Chi-Town? Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, Trubisky falls, really? <laughs> I, I I mean for fear of being redundant, I can go back through all those things once again. <laughs> I um uh, I, 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 think, I think you guys will I think like it's, it's just I don't think you're doomed for fourth. I think things, a few things go right, and you're there, like battling, like, uh, like you said, going for second, battling for second. Like, like some things go right. So uh, it's not like I think it's this. Is, I I like this division better than I like the NFC least. Like, <laughs> because these guys usually these these this division. I mean, this is like legit. Like, okay, it, pretty much you can't sleep on anybody in this division. Cause you'll mess around and like if you catch one of these dudes on the Thursday when they've had a when they they've had a rest, like you you gonna catch an L mm-hmm. with these guys. But and that's why I like this division more so than I the the NFC like least because there it's who's ever the top dude you pretty much I mean between Dallas and Philly outside of that you pretty much you'll get the dub. But that's just me. So, um, all right, now we're going to go to uh, chairman of the We Hate Duke Club (laughs) (laughs) and definitely Coach Krzyzewski, you should, you should force protection con your car prior to starting it if Mr. (laughs) Owens is in the neighborhood. So you should. Punk. All right, Rayo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rayo. Rayo. All right, I got I got the Packers. Uh, last year, thirteen and three. Um, surprisingly, uh, considering uh, everything you heard last preseason about the how uh, Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur went on the same weren't on the same page, but they went thirteen and three, got ran out the building literally in the playoffs by the 49ers. Look. Terrible, like they shouldn't have been there. But anyway, um, that was last year. This year, key additions. Um, they, I should say, they they tried to shore up their wide receivers and get Funkus, but then he opted out, so he's not playing this year. Um, so they still got to work on shoring up their wide receivers. Um, and truth be told, I don't know if Funkus was the answer anyway to shore that up. So, um, but they they added Christian Kirksey, the linebacker, and we took. Um, um, Mr. Hurd was saying earlier, we actually got their OT, uh, their offensive tackle, Wagner, from the Lions. He's going to be playing on the right side for us uh, this year, taking the place of Balaga. Balaga left, I think, to 
I don't know where he went. I think maybe the Chargers. I don't know where he went, but he left, uh, which is a big hit. And then we also drafted, um, controversially, we got Jordan Love, um, quarterback to the future. Kind of put him in the same position Aaron Rodgers was in when they when Brett Favre was there. Um, he'll probably spend a couple of years to learn, uh, learn some things. And, of course, uh, my pick, the one that I really liked, was they got A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. Yeah. Three-time three time All-ACC first team. Uh, he was ACC Rookie of the Year. Um, played three years, all three years, over 1,000 yards. And I think broke – Andre Williams' touchdown record when he was at Boston College. So he's a beast. Um, looking forward to see what he's going to do this year. Um, our key losses, again, I mentioned Brian Balaga. Um, he left, um, which is going to hurt, which is going to hurt that right side. Um, kind of a loss considering we, we don't really have a lot of wide receivers, but Geronimo Mal- Allison left to the Lions. And then... Uh, Big in the middle on the defense, Blake Martinez went to the Giants. He had 155 tackles last year, so um, it'll be it'll be fun trying to replace him. But I think that we um, Kirksey, hopefully, um, if he can stay healthy, can do the job. I know he's quicker sideline to sideline than Blake Martinez, but I don't know if he can stay healthy. That's the problem. Our losses this year, looking man, I don't know if y'all looked at Green Bay schedule. Six, seven, eight, nine are brutal, man. They got Tampa, Minnesota at home, and then San Francisco on the road in <laughs> in four consecutive weeks. So I actually got them going. Got them going eleven and five. I got them Minnesota week one because that's going to be in Minnesota. They got New Orleans in week three in New Orleans, and I got them moving to Tampa Bay. And possibly losing to Houston. I don't know how Houston's going to look without Hopkins. But you never know with Deshaun Watson. And I got them losing to San Francisco in week nine. Now, I will say, um, they also got a tough one in week 16. They have playing Tennessee, which would be interesting since that's sort of... Um, five in division. Um, but I also had Minnesota going 11-5, and five, possibly 10-6. and six. So... Um, that's how I got that, and then I got um, I got Detroit third, and I got Chicago Chicago finishing last. Um, some 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 things to point. Strength, obviously, the pass rush. They got Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, twenty five and a half sacks combined last year. Um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a strength. Anytime you got a Rod, you know it's going to be all right. And then. Um, they got some safeties, man, and and uh, Savage and Amos that picked it up um, towards the end of the year last year, and they're only getting better. They're both young. I think they're both under the age of twenty. I think they're both under twenty-five. Um, but their weaknesses, man, that right side of that offensive line is going to get eaten up. I think um, the only wide receiver they really got that has any that has any experience at all is Devontae Adams, um, and so really, there's no one. Uh, like I said, they had Funches, but now I think their 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 wide receiver too is I think Lazard out of Iowa State, and, and obviously their run defenses they got to shore that up, man. Man, it was hard to watch that that uh that playoff game with San Francisco have like two hundred two hundred plus on them. That was brutal. It was man, it was ugly, dude. But um, that's what I got. Uh, like I said, won't be surprised if they do a little bit better, but um. 
and, and it's hard to see what Tampa Bay and Houston are going to be like this year. But uh, I got them. I got them possibly losing both of those games and making eleven and five. I think uh, Aaron Jones didn't get enough. Doesn't get the credit he deserves. Dude, nineteen touchdowns last year, man. He had nineteen and at 49, 49 receptions out of the backfield too. That's crazy. Yeah, he he balled his ass off, and he him and Rogers literally carried them thirteen and three. Yeah. Um, the Jordan Love thing was weird. Obviously, I mean, I understand taking the quarterback of the future, but. With this draft as rich as it was with receivers, I know, man. I, they they should have grabbed someone, and I still think Love would have been around a little bit later, even if they took him first. There were some good receivers on the board the second, third round, and they didn't take them. Yeah, they took a tight end, and then they spent three, they spent three six round picks on offensive linemen, and there were still wide receivers available. Now it was, it was a wide receiver heavy draft I don't know what they're thinking I thought maybe they're I was thinking maybe they thought they're in the running for another free agent and it didn't go their way I don't know what they were thinking but man yeah I I, I can if, if somebody didn't step up man it could it could be one dimensional really quick on that offense so but yeah I, I'll be honest with you I don't know what to make of Green Bay yeah. um they won the division 13 and three everybody it's funny when you throw that around there everybody the consistent theme is no one knows how they did 13 and three yep <laughs> right and the question i i asked myself and i'm and i ask you guys is is 13 and three a fluke or the expectation well, I'll, I'll tell you last. I'll be honest with you. Last year, thirteen and three was a fluke. I, I I didn't expect thirteen and three from them. Not with the first year coach, um, and not with, you know. And don't forget, Devonte Adams missed. I think missed four games, so he wasn't yeah, there for a quarter of the season. And they ended up beating. But I would tell you, they beat KC last year. Beat Kansas City. Uh, they lost to Philly. They they beat Minnesota twice. Um, and they, they lost to San Francisco 37-8, though. So the problem with Green Bay last year is when they lost, they they like it, it, they didn't lose by like a field goal. They lost, right? I mean, it was like they didn't like they didn't go on the bus. So I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where it's just it's tough to tell. I, I'll be honestly, I'll be surprised if they do better than eleven and five this year. I agree. Okay. Heard you got anything to say about that? Nah, I think that's about right. I, I still, I, despite the, you know, I, I felt the same way about their 13 and 3. I thought it was kind of deceptive. And I'm looking at their schedule from last year. I think we they, they had a relatively weak schedule when they did have to play the teams that had some uh, talent that can match up with them is when they when they got they got it handed to them. San Francisco handed it to them in week 12. And then they handed to him again in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah. but I still think they're the class of the division. Like, like you, like Ray said from the jump, A Rod he is A Rod. I just feel like he's going to do his thing. The running back is is like people don't look at him, but he's you know he, he quietly had a thousand yards rushing. And then he had another what six hundred yards receiving. Like, he had, you know, like touchdowns. I mean, that's ridiculous. 
So yeah. if, if if Devontae is healthy this year, maybe may, I guess maybe they feel like that's enough. I don't. I, I feel like you guys feel like I thought he was going to get a wide receiver somewhere, somewhere along the line. They didn't have to get one in the first round, but second, third, fourth round, there were plenty of receivers out there. But they're still the class of the division. They're going to go eleven and five. They're going to win the division, and that's going to be that. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, I mean, Devonta Adams played 12 games last year. He had 83 receptions and 997 yards in 12 games. That's crazy, dude. I mean, but the, but the problem is, like, who are you going to throw? They, they know that now, right? So you can game plan around that, and there's no and there's nobody on that other side there, or even in spot, is going to be able to take that away. So I just feel like they drafted the third running back because they're going to need him. Because that's all they're going to be doing this year. <laughs> Every running back's going to get 250 touches or something. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. But it's like, dang. I mean, I'm, I'm it's hyperbole, but that's all they're going to do, man. And hopefully they don't have to play from behind because, I don't know, maybe they're expecting bigger things from Valdez Scantling or Lazard or somebody. I, they don't even really have a tight end, I don't think. They got Mercedes Lewis. You know, and a couple of young guys that are unproven. So I mean, it'll be like I said, eleven and five. If they do eleven and five. They'll 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 perform to where I think they should. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. So that leaves me and the Minnesota Vikings. So twenty nineteen, they went eight seven and one. And they lost in the wild card game. Not, was, yeah, was it a wild card? No, 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 it wasn't. No, they wasn't. Beat the Saints. Yeah, that's right. They beat the Saints, and then they uh, they ended up going out and uh, pretty much getting washed by uh, San Fran. So basically, San Fran was pretty much the king of the NFC North because because <laughs> <laughs> they they smacked the top two teams around. So um, anyway. Um, they they have some key returners. One being uh, Kirk Cousins. We'll talk about him a little bit. Uh, probably the the most underrated player in the draft his year, and I would say no lower than the second best running back of that draft. Though he went third, uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, they have Kyle Rudolph. They have Anthony Barr, and they have Eric Kendricks. Uh, coming back. So, key additions. They got Justin Jefferson from LSU. He graded out as a B plus. They got uh, Jeff Gladney, cornerback um, from TCU. Uh, round one, he graded out uh, B plus, but he was an expensive uh, acquisition because they gave away the uh, picks 31, 117, and 176 uh, in order to get him. So, he has to pan out. Um and it's funny that when I read that, it was kind of like uh, like Minnesota has a history of doing that, i.e. the Herschel Walker trade. But uh, <laughs> and then uh, they got uh, actually uh, fourth round uh, that the defensive tackle out of Baylor, James Lynch. He graded out as a B. They got uh, this dude KJ Osborne from a trash ass school uh, from Miami. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And and it it shows because he graded out as a C plus. 
Wow. Should have stayed. Wow. Should have stayed in San Francisco. And he would have, I'm sure he would have graded out and like that program wouldn't have brought his stock down. Anyway. Um, and then also, I think uh, Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle from Boise State. Um, so he graded out as an A. So I think uh, they addressed some needs, uh, particularly because uh, the people that, uh, that they ended up losing um, Stefan Diggs, uh, uh, Linville Joseph, uh, Trey, uh, Trey Waynes, Everson Griffin, uh, Josh Klein, Xavier Rhodes from the Florida State University, and La- Laquan Treadwell. Uh, so he's going to go down to Atlanta and not do anything. And, right. and McKenzie, <laughs> McKenzie Alexander, uh, Cincy. It's funny, but both both of their uh, their uh, defensive back that that they lost end up signing with Cincy. So Cincy is spending money, which is very unlike the Brown the Brown family because they usually don't spend money on anything. Um, they had some uh, good uh, uh, free agent acquisitions. They they ended up getting Michael Pierce, though he's opted out because he's got, he has asthma and uh, he's opting out uh, this year. Uh, Anthony Zetto and Tajay Sharp. So, uh, they also obviously re-signed, uh, well, Kirk Cousins, his extension kicked in. Uh, Anthony Harris, uh, he got franchise tag, their safety, and Dan Bailey, which is really interesting. Uh, yeah. That they kicked in because you know, I mean, um, kickers, you know, like they hated him in Dallas because he ended up missing uh, crucial kicks. So it's really interesting how kickers can get it, get on with one team and not, you know, and be after being pretty much trash um, with the other. So um, things of note, Coach Zimmer's son is coaching linebackers, which... <laughs> Little nepotism, <laughs> which which always makes me say white privilege doesn't exist, huh? <laughs> no. Anyway, um, I I always put things of note because it's just like I always feel that coach's son in positions of power like that, whether they're being a quarterback, pitcher, or like you know point guard or whatever, like teams kind of like think like man only reason you're here is because you're daddy but you know of what course. I mean so mm-hmm. um, but anyway um, there's that so um, here's what I think about Minnesota um, I haven't found anything to refute this but I'm sure you guys know like did you ever see that meme that Kirk Cousins has more playoff wins this decade than both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Wow. No, I didn't see that. (laughs) It's not making sense. I haven't found anything that refutes it, but the things that I'm seeing, I was like, really? Really? (laughs) But I was like, "Hmm, that don't make sense. So, I I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. But I found that surprising considering how like like I view Kirk Cousins like I sit down to like okay how are you going to underwhelm me 
<laughs> not necessarily like I don't buy into like oh my god he's a terrible quarterback he's just a guy that you're like okay go and make me not care about this offensive possession right yeah so but I believe in uh, Zimmer because uh, you'll remember the last time Cincinnati on defense was really really stout and put together he was a he was a DC yeah. Right. And uh, I, I like, I like Zimmer. I like the infrastructure that he's built there. These guys are tough, and I, what I really like is they get guys who like they've had before. Like they have a mold now. Like for instance, this James Lynch. Even though he's playing defensive tackle, and this guy kind of played in most of the time, but he's kind of Jared Allen esque. Right. You know. And they just get those guys, and like between Kendricks and Barr, you like okay, who is who? You just go out there. I mean, you're, you're they're interchangeable, and like mm-hmm. all all these guys, they they're they're a bunch of no name guys, and they're just solid guys. It's almost kind of like uh, uh, how Leonard, uh, uh, what's his name, Jeff or Scott Leonard, the DC uh, defensive coordinator uh, for University of uh, Wisconsin. How he has it. Like, they're all no-name guys, but they're just solid. Right. And, <laughs> and obviously, Kirk Cousins does just enough. Doesn't, he, doesn't blow, he doesn't get you blown out of a game, and he keeps you right there. So, you know, a guy makes a play or not, I mean, they, they get victories. I mean, they, after, I mean, 871 was disappointing for them last year, considering what they, what they did going to the NFC Championship uh, game the year before. Um, right. Now, I have them, before I looked at this uh, schedule, I had them winning the division. Now, simply be, now that is less about because I believe so good in the consistency and uh, the offense. As much as it is, they have a stout defense. I think them and uh, Chicago are neck and neck when it comes to that. Uh, Chicago may be a little bit better, but I I think collectively, um, Minnesota is, is, I think, I I think Chicago has better star power. I think Minnesota collectively is better. However, Despite with key additions like Xavier Rhodes, uh, you know, leaving, but they start week one with the, in the division, which they usually, I mean, they usually play somebody first game in the division. But after that, week three, they go, they play Tennessee. Week four, they go to Houston. Week five, they go to Seattle. Week <sighs> week six, Atlanta comes to town. Week eight, at Green Bay. Week nine, Detroit. Week 10, uh, Chicago. So check that out. Not only, not only uh, three of the three of the first five weeks, uh, excuse me, four of the first five weeks that you're playing, like no kidding, folks, and or division uh, people, you spend the last three weeks of this thing going, it's straight division. So you can't rest at all. Like, like every game counts, literally on that one. But check this out. Week mm-hmm. 11, you got Dallas. You got Dallas. 
Okay, then you get a you get a reprieve. You got Carolina, and then week thirteen you ain't got to show up because you playing Jacksonville. <laughs> week fourteen. Week fourteen you got Tom Brady and the Bucks coming in. Week fifteen you have um, Chicago, and week sixteen this this is this has happened over like without any of us really paying attention week 16 is their rivalry game and do you know who their new rivals are the Aints. exactly <laughs> they got new orleans coming to town week 16 and then they finish up week 17 with detroit a division game like before i even looked at the schedule i was like i got minnesota after looking at the schedule i'm like yikes because like i'm trying i'm trying to tell you the first six weeks cousins got to be dialed in for five of them yep and and technically four in a row oh no i take that back more than that and that week 16 game that week 16 is on christmas day too yeah like oh yeah word yeah wow yeah, yeah. Like, friday 4 30 yeah that's that's right yeah. yeah yeah i mean christmas day so the only reason i'm still sticking with them but just because you that's what you do you made your bet you just kind of lie in it but i'm not putting no money on this because <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Minnesota I like Minnesota like I'm not saying like I think they're whatever I I like Minnesota I think nobody wants to play Minnesota I think the more I think the, the more people fall is like oh he's this or he's that kind of does people a disservice because I think they don't take them as serious as whatever and they ended up winning like now mind you they didn't win with him like when they had that great season it was uh your boy uh Keenum oh what didn't Curzon Cousins get no no uh it was Keenum right it was Keenum yeah yeah Keenum but I thought somebody went down oh yeah Teddy Teddy went down so yeah um so uh yeah I, I like I like Minnesota I don't like that schedule and like oh man and then I don't know what you're gonna get out of Indianapolis because that's week two and yeah, um, that's gonna be interesting especially with the new quarterback from uh from the Chargers right well yeah yeah and you got and, and they got they got Jonathan Taylor now of the running back yeah. so I mean who knows? I mean, they might. I think. I think they weren't. Bad. I think if you could keep it out of Philip Rivers' hands all the time, and Indianapolis would be good. But if they're thinking like they're gonna get uh, twenty ten Philip Rivers, oh yeah, it's yeah, not good. Rivers is washed, bro. I'm here to tell you, he's washed. <laughs> but, but again, I I got them. I just don't like the schedule at all because I'm trying to tell you, man. Bruh. This, this schedule, this, the run that they have, I mean, yikes. 
Yeah, I mean, it's you know, for for me, for me, I like the reason why I got Minnesota going ten and six. I got them losing that Saints game because I can't remember the last time. I know he's still young, but can Dalvin Cook stay healthy enough to play a full season? That you know, you know, yeah. that's the thing. It's like because I think last year they finished with I think Boone was was Boone was was their running back to end the season last year. Yeah. I don't know. I think you might have come yeah. back for the playoffs, but I'm just, but uh, that's my thing is is they got some they got some Chicago and New Orleans at the end of the season gonna have some playoff complications, and is Cook gonna be there? Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, G. I don't think missing uh, Diggs is super underrated. Uh, I don't think Diggs is a one. I don't think Thielen's a one. I think they're both really good twos. But together they work well. Like I think they're codependent. They're both gonna have. I think they're both gonna have down seasons this year. All things considered, I think people aren't paying enough attention to that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think. Um, I, I, I agree. I don't think Thielen is a one, but I do believe in. I, I do believe in a like getting it like a wide receiver core by committee. I, I just. I just think they'll be. A, I think they'll be better with a with a with a quarterback like Cousins because I think Cousins has tendency, right? And he's just he's heavy heavy tendency. And I think if by committee, no one particular guy, because he's going to lean on Rudolph and Thielen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if another guy uh, steps in there and emerges and is fine with getting the touches that Diggs got and and is nowhere near as vocal. Uh, about it like this, I think they'll be fine. I, Maybe Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, the, the thing with Minnesota, though, that was going to keep them winning, to go back to your point about Matt Patricia, is is Mike Zimmer is is is, is coach that, like, down to, like, what kind of pen he wants to use on his clipboard. He's like that. He, he's like that detailed about it. He's very detail-oriented, and it I remember, uh, you know, being here in Ohio and Cincinnati, the only thing good about Cincinnati was that defense because Mike Zimmer had them playing so disciplined, right? And so um, I, if they're going to if they're gonna win and compete, it's because Mike Zimmer is going to have them ready every game, I think. I don't, I don't think that's a problem. But again, man, you got to find, you know, they're almost in the same boat wide receiver wise as Green Bay because Justin Jefferson, well, he's a, he's a he showed out at LSU, but he's unproven. You know, how quick is he going to learn the playbook and all that? So, but, um, but I think Gary's right, man. Thielen and Diggs together were, they, they run tight routes. And the, you know, the problem really was he didn't have, he didn't have enough, you know, footballs to give to both of them. That was the problem with Diggs and Thielen. So, but Mike Zimmer's the key. He's got to keep them together and keep them disciplined. Yeah, I, I I like the Justin Jefferson pickup. You know, the, a couple things with uh, with uh, Justin Jefferson that works in his favor is number one, I'm pretty sure that that offense that Brady installed had that uh, the the pro like vernacular and all that. So so yeah. he, he may understand. He, he may be able to pick up on that a little bit easier. And then also. Um, 
he seems like a little bit more polished. Those LSU receivers seemed a little bit more polished. They weren't cookie cutter. Like they they knew the little the little nuances on kind of how how to get open, and and they basically they did they weren't just like okay you got to run this this uh, eight yard out and you just ran eight yards and then cut right. They knew like okay you know let me throw this off out inside release fake the post break it down and then go go back outside you know so well I don't think he's going to be Stefan Diggs because I mean he's a rookie but you never know because if, if, you, if you ask me the wide receiver position is to me is the easiest one to transition from oh to, very sim- sim- yeah. simply because like that aspect of the game doesn't really change right I mean, it's much different. I mean, I think one of the hardest is probably offensive linemen. Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of zone blocking in, uh, in like college, even though it's picked up. But still, that concept is foreign to a lot of kids. So, like, so. Yeah. But um, yeah. I. I don't like. I, I can't say it enough. I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that schedule, man. Like, I just think that's tough. Uh, but I'm stick with it. I'm stick with it. I'm gonna go with Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit. The only reason Detroit, again, I told you, heard is a couple <laughs> things could go your way, and y'all could be battling for second. But yep. I think if a couple things don't go your way, you are, you're. Seven and nine, six and ten. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. The the uh, the margin of error is razor thin for us. I I have not overlooked that fact. We need we need we need a few things to go right for us to go around five hundred, seven and nine, eight and eight. We need quite a few things to go right and some, th- some things to go wrong. Like some of the things that you, you guys have mentioned about your teams, like Minnesota with the record, with the uh, the their schedule. With Chicago and their uh, toss-up with Mr. Trubisky, they're gonna start like like Gary said. They're gonna start him because he was a high draft pick. They can't like they feel like they can't give up on him because he was such a high draft pick. And then with Green Bay, it's like, are we sure? Like that thirteen and three was kind of a mirage, but you still have Aaron. So it's going to depend on a lot of things going wrong for other teams in order in order for us to jump up and get that that uh, that second spot or uh, even I think even. Depending on how things just ship out in the conference overall, nine and seven could possibly get you in because I just feel like it's going to be a dogfight. I, I don't think Tampa yeah. Bay is going to be as good as a lot of people are, you know, just because they got Tom Brady and Gronkowski. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be that great, but it's going. But that that division, uh, yeah, that division is all uh, NFC South is always beating up on each other. So like a nine and seven NFC North team can easily get a wild card spot. I ain't mad at that. No, I, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, I mean, got in at 8-7-1 last year. They got in, so I mean, you ain't exactly. wrong. Exactly. I mean, and they won. They beat the Saints. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, they proved they're supposed yeah. to be there. Hey, G, G, you were about to say something? No, I was disagreeing with him. That oh. definitely gets you second place wild card easily. I well, think I was... we're all going to be pretty closely grouped. I don't think... Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's gonna win less than six or seven games. Like it's gonna be close. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, 
these teams are too I mean despite all the things we pointed out weaknesses wise the NFC North teams are good man I mean (laughs) they got talent they all got talent so I mean Detroit you know they're gonna win I mean they got to win games 51 to 48 but they got talent (laughs) so you know, you, you know, it's funny because two things uh, about this division is you, unless you're a fan of this division, you never like, gee, you can probably uh, talk about this or like relate to this. You never set out like, oh, I'm going to go watch these guys. But when you do watch them, you're like, these be some good games. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I need some good games. Watches whatever game comes on. Usually it's a Monday night football or something like that. Or a late Sunday game, so I watch them. But uh, I've got a couple of friends here who are Vikings fans, and uh, you know, Cowboy country. So I actually go watch more Vikings than the average person probably does. But yeah, they're always good. There's a there's a there's a Viking contingent up here, too. Believe it or not. Um, but the second thing I was gonna I was gonna talk to Heard, and you were saying something about Mitch Trubisky. They don't, you know, because he's a high draft pick, they don't want to go with. I'll be honest with you. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, I think Foles probably wins out in camp. He could because if, if they're because give him a chance to, he could. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like if if he like if he wins, I mean it's got to be like clear cut. Like he was he is head and shoulders above Trubisky. But if there's any gray area there, they're gonna let Trubisky get it. That's yeah, just how. Well, it, this is this is third year, right? Is this Trubisky's third year? Yes. Yeah, well, still in his rookie contract. I, but it, it, that, that's why I'm, that's why I don't think it it matters. They're paying foals. True. They're paying foals, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, what's his name? Nagy. Yeah. Like like this. Yo, he's gonna get chopped. Right. Like <laughs> this ain't about like oh since we paid this much for him, we got to develop. No, we paid a bunch of money for the, the, this dude. Like. That has all the makings of like right on the wall, huh? Yeah, like Nagy's getting chopped if this doesn't work, and he he is not riding on. He's seeing what Trubisky can do. Like, what what is missing for him? What's see the the way I always look at like high high uh, like high draft picks for quarterbacks is like if if. You want to sit him on a bench the first season, and the crowd starts booing. Kind of like what happened with Daniel Jones last year with the Giants, right? And the crowd starts booing, and so you almost like then that first year you're paying him that rookie money to get in there and play. But I think by like the third year, man, if you ain't got it yet, you just ain't got it. No, well, yeah. that's how I look at it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Good. I mean, the first year the pressure's on to play him, but by the third, second, and third year, you're man, you're forty something games in, man. If you got it by now, and you got the same coach. You might not just just might not got it. And that's hard. He's a Tar Heel, so I'm just saying. Yeah, and like, go ahead. Watson and Mahomes' success is certainly not helping them. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's why I say that. Like, I don't see how you can interpret Foles being anything other than Mitch. You ain't gonna be here. Like this is not this is not happening, and, and if he starts, I mean, like you said, maybe he gets by the third game. But yeah, and then they're gonna cut full at the end of the year because he got to he's been paid too much money. Correct. 
Yeah, so Foles is going to mess around have another 27, 27 touchdown, two interception year or something, yeah. and get a big contract in some way. If, if, he, if he balls like that, he'll keep it. Yeah, oh, most, most definitely, if he does something like that. But two, two things are going against him balling like that. Number one, he hasn't done it before, other than that, that small window. And then a couple of times. But then two, in Chicago, everybody runs the same offense, no matter who go who goes there. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like yeah, nobody who goes there. Running but, a, but running a playbook from Jim McMahon <laughs> era. I, I have gone I have gone on record by saying quarterbacks are and I don't say this by average, but quarterbacks are overpaid. Sure. Are vastly overpaid. It's it's crazy because if you can you can get a dude and you are everybody knows when they see a contract they know you're gonna get cut before that before you see half of that money. <laughs> you're, you're you're over you're overpaid, and I say that simply because if you have to let go of great defensive line play or linebackers or running backs for that matter because you can't pay them because you paid this quarterback that position's overpaid but that's a discussion for another pod man but um it'll be interesting to see how that contract rolls out in the next uh like year four year five so yeah so i don't know um uh any any more reattacks fellas no, I think we covered it. I think so. Cool. I'm good. Cool, cool. Hey, so um, uh, uh, Michigan's finest and uh, Mr. I Hate Duke. <laughs> hey, uh, I sincerely, genuinely want to thank you guys for coming on and, and doing this uh, podcast because once you guys, again, raised... The property value in this neighborhood and i appreciate it cool man yeah anytime you know yeah, that. same here like i said i appreciate the uh, the shout out uh like i said I, I i'm always in there with you guys with the perspective reading all the info and uh hey commish keep doing your damn thing all right yes sir <laughs>